0: Hi, welcome again to another podcast here at CanXR. I'm Justine Harcourt de Treville, and this time I am introducing a VR Wonderkind as we might say. Uh, Lucas Risotto, thank you for joining us.
1: It's a pleasure to be here. Hi, everyone.
0: And so what brings you to XR? Are you trying to showcase something or find some money? Want to see cool stuff? What's the main driver for joining us this year?
1: Oh, the main driver is really just making friends who are making this kind of stuff, seeing what they're all about and walking away with learning things and creating friendships. That's my main driver. Although, you know, sometimes some monetary opportunity surface. And you I want say show- know. <laughs> yeah. It's, I like to not to necessarily look for them, but just to respond to them when they appear and focus more on creating friendships. Um, and I'm also showcasing Where Thoughts Go at the Springboard Arcade that they have here at Ken XR. And so people here can play it.
0: I actually have to say I enjoyed the Springboard Arcade simply because it made it very easy to find a lot of content. And, well, it was simplified it for at least for me. It was like point and click, point and click, point and click, and I could see like a bunch of great pieces all at once. And it's cool that yours is included.
1: Yeah, um, Springboard has these panels with a touch spa- touchscreen interface, and you can choose one out of twenty titles to play. And there's there's not like pieces don't have their own installations here but it also means that you can just see any piece that you want immediately and there's not a lot of lines everything's very well organized so it's and it's cool to see springboard which is a very large very very large vr arcade platform embracing storytelling in this way
0: thumbs up to storytelling yes so speaking of storytelling why don't you tell us a little bit what your thoughts were behind where thoughts go
1: so where thoughts go is a social narrative set in a universe where human thoughts are sleeping creatures. Each one of them is a voice message left by another player who was there before you were. (laughs) So you enter these worlds and you can wake up little creatures to listen to the voice messages left by others. And to progress in the narrative, you need to answer increasingly personal questions And leave your own answers behind in the form of creatures for others to find. So it's very intimate. You get to listen to the lives of other people and people opening up. And you also have to open up yourself to see what's next.
0: I thought that was very uh, actually a really clever way of not just being a voyeur or just someone who listens in on on a conversation. But forcing the viewer to participate It was very clever. And if I'm not mistaken, was this not what you uh, last year in Tribeca? Was this the piece?
1: The the one that's showcasing here is also from
0: Tribeca last year. It's and you won it. It was a, your directorial debut, correct? Yes. That's pretty phenomenal to just say, hey, I think I'm going to direct a film and boom, smack, it's at Tribeca.
1: Yeah, it was... I didn't know there were spaces in festivals for things like that, or that people were looking for weird new ways of doing narrative. Um, so when I heard of, like about, about Tribeca and Sundance, I, got, I was really off guard, and I've always wanted to be a filmmaker, so I tried to use the skills that I was building up over the past couple years in VR and AR and apply it to storytelling, which is something that I love. And it worked out, I showed it to them in person, I really chased after it. and. They said yes, so that worked out.
0: That's really impressive. But you're a young guy. You grew up in Brazil. Yes. But now I understand you're living all over the world. You have this new plan. So tell me a little bit about what you what you did in Brazil, what led you on your journey outside of Brazil, and now why you're traveling the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, so
1: I grew up in Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro, which is a beautiful, beautiful city full of problems as well. Worth visiting. Um, living there is a little bit complicated, but I did a number of things throughout my life. I, I was a teen. I was a compo- like a songwriter for Universal Music when I was a teenager. Then I worked with my dad on his company since I was eight for like 10 years. So was and what with, was that? Oh, uh, he he just he, he's just an entrepreneur. He just made started businesses, all sorts of weird um, companies to, you know, to keep. That's to cool. Sp- I mean,
0: that that probably pay gave for the bills got you do trying a lot of new things maybe that was helping establish that pattern
1: oh yeah he gave me lots to do like I started doing just spreadsheet work but then he started like just asking me things and I had to figure out how to make them and I think this created um, this taught me that with any skill really you just have to go online get some learning resources and learn it yourself you don't need anyone to teach you anything unless you're doing something technical like being a surgeon don't don't try to teach yourself (laughs) how to be a surgeon yeah don't do that on youtube
0: (laughs) thank you Um, but (laughs) if
1: it's like game development you can do that on youtube and like most of the skills that i have i built over the internet so that
0: was through your dad. And then what did you do after you worked a lot of years uh, for I, your dad?
1: I, I dropped out of college twice because I was undecisive. And then I started doing parties for a living for three years. And then I got bored with that. And then I came to New York City and I pressed the reset button on my life. And I learned a little bit of graphic design from the party business that I had because I did all the v- visual assets. And then I saw that UI UX design. Paid really well, so I started doing that, and then I started having my own ideas. And I was like, maybe I should learn programming as well. And then I learned about VR and AR, and it all mashed together. So it's really um, a VR is, is a very multidisciplinary space, which means that all of these weird experiences I've had in the past they all come together now.
0: Isn't that nice that there's it is. A, a, there's a space for having random things that don't seemingly go together. And yet it works out beautifully when in VR yeah and another thing you said earlier about f- friendships you know the yes. kind of you're with your fellow pirates or your your, your fellow you know omni doers or whatever they are um, here so that's it's a it's an exciting terrain in space so after after school and, Wait, 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 you were in in New York, you were doing your parties, and then you went to school, right, correct?
1: Uh, Yes, uh, I did. I did enter college a third time in New York. I did a computer science degree in two years, but I, I barely ever went to class. I was there for the visa. So don't don't let this be a contradiction to I learned it all on YouTube. I did learn it all on YouTube, but I also have a diploma because it was the only way I could enter and stay in the States. Okay, this is so you're very entrepreneurial
0: and even figuring out your visa.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was like the most expensive and slow immigration process ever. That's how I look at my college education.
0: Um, But you did it. And now you're you're. After that, did you move around? Is that where you decided you were going to be a, a global citizen?
1: Oh, right. Yes. Now, so I, I moved. Um, I stayed a year in San Francisco last year. And then I decided I was going to move to L.A., but I saw how expensive it was and that I was going to kind of like isolate myself. From it was the world more expensive
0: than San Francisco?
1: Um, so it, I was living for free in San Francisco. Ah, I, okay, had, I had an arrangement. <laughs> yes. But once I had to, like, I was like, uh, it's cheaper to live around the world than it is to live in L.A. right now. And I think there's I have more to gain.
0: I think it's cheaper to live anywhere in the planet, just about. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I've been moving countries every month or so. And I'm, I, I can work from my home because I do most of my work on my laptop. And I've been just trying to use this opportunity right now while VR is a little bit slow. And I don't have money for large teams anyway to see the world, learn a little bit about how, you know, our current reality function so I can then create <laughs> virtual realities with a big like a larger set of knowledge and how the real world works.
0: So what countries have you been in and how have they informed your creative thought?
1: So mostly mostly Europe right now it's I'm, I've been doing this for five months so I've been in, in Germany and Italy and Spain and Latvia and Turkey is where I'm at right now, in Istanbul, which has been really, really phenomenal. I'm going to Asia in the next couple months. So I'll be in Japan, South Korea, Thailand, Vietnam. And I'm going to be going actually with other independent artists starting July. So I created something called the Reality Caravan. So starting July, um, every month I'm going to be renting out like a five, six bedroom space. And me and five other independent artists are going to move in, switch countries every month and make stuff together while on the road. And how does that affect creativity? Um, I don't, it's impossible to get creatively stuck on anything when you're traveling this much, I feel. It's.
0: Do you see like new colors or do you see new patterns or? Yeah, all of that. uh, Things that like, oh, I wanna include this.
1: Yeah, new, new, Mm -hmm. just. New sounds, new smells, new patterns, new visuals, colors, aesthetics. People interact differently. Um, there's yeah, a there's spatial,
0: a, like the way people maintain their space, is different across all these countries.
1: Yeah, and little things like the shape of bathrooms in different countries and what <laughs> says, that says about people. And it's, I think it gives you a lot of, um, a lot of, different options to pull ideas from. And I don't think it affects the work like directly, but it affects it in all all these little things of like, huh, maybe I can use this. Or maybe you have like a a weird interaction with a stranger and you get a little nugget out of it. They're like, maybe I can get this bit out of this interaction and create something around it. Or if you're uninspired when it comes to environmental design, you can just find some beautiful exotic location that's like 50 mi- minutes away and just try to replicate it in VR. Um, it's a never-ending source of inspiration and multi inspiration. Not only visual, but sounds and smells and taste and touch, which three of these are not covered in VR right now, but I think they will be. I think and, they're on their way. Yeah, one day. So... It's been really inspiring, it's cheaper, and its I think it's providing a lot of personal growth.
0: So the other people that you're traveling with, they're also in VR as well? Did you VR say that? And v- yes. VR and AR, AR. And are you creating, like, bouncing ideas off each other? Are you trying to collaborate? How does that work?
1: I'm setting no rules, because I just want things to come up organically. So I'm hoping that by putting a bunch of talented, independent artists in the house, they will figure out what they want to do, and if they want to do anything at all, That being said, I'll probably be doing like six-hour hackathons on the weekends. Okay. So throughout the week, we just try to think of fun, really easy-to-build ideas and get together for six hours and build them and post them on social media and try to um, at least collaborate in the most basic way. But I would love to, you know... If people like each other and they want to work on something, I hope that happens naturally. But I don't want to force anything.
0: Well, that's great. I like the new no rules. That could be exciting. You know, freedom can lead to a lot of new ideas and new concepts to pursue. Yeah. And Plus you get the feedback instantaneously, which is always valuable. And you're not working in a bubble, which I think for a lot of VR makers and doers, sometimes you're forced into that route.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Especially with independent artists, which are a little bit more isolated, having I think there's a, a lot of strength in getting everyone to come together,
0: and and having that community. Yeah. So what do you think, or what kind of stories are you working on next, Lucas?
1: Oh my God! So there's uh, lots of Where Thoughts Go spinoffs that are happening. I don't. I'm not gonna say too much about it because everything's in the works okay, right fine. now. But I do have a sequel for it that i um, currently developing that I think would be an improvement in pretty much every single way and I'm really excited for. And I'm working on an interactive comedy. Aha, uh-huh. yes. Which haven't announced it yet. I'm finishing the first 5 minutes of it in June so I can start showing it to people, but it feature it's a it's a heist comedy. In a world, in a world in the future where all animals were made intelligent for a very dumb reason, <laughs> and it's it's actually um, I hope to have more to talk about it this year. But okay, I think comedy hasn't been done uh, done well in VR yet, and especially comedy that's not just funny scenes, but it's comedy being used as a way to talk about a very difficult topic. It, comedy being used as misdirection to talk about something complicated and you only realize that the comedy is about something complicated once you're way into it Um, and then you re-examine all the things you've done earlier in the story and I'm just probably going to have a pilot of it uh, available this year like 15 minutes long but I'm running it to be a three episode arc and it would all make sense soon but it's ridiculous (laughs) and I think VR needs more ridiculous things.
0: So you're not going into the zombie world or the, um, the alien features that we, we so often see? No. <laughs> okay. Not, not, I mean, That's promising. I it's, mean, it's,
1: it's, it's sci-fi, it's little sci-fi, obviously. Um, all of these animals are, are intelligent because of technology, but um, I'm mainly using the story as and the f- f- fake futuristic world as a way to examine human-animal relationships by bringing them to the same level of intelligence or arguably stupidity because everyone (laughs) in the story is stupid I think similarly to the real world
0: tell me about your workflow when you're dreaming up new ideas um we've established that you get them from a variety of sources and that traveling really helps but how do you how do you start your day is there any any pattern
1: i'm not structured at all it's i wake up and i just see what i feel like working on and that's the thing that i do um Usually I want to work a couple of days in a row on the same project so I can build some sort of rhythm because jumping between projects too quickly uh, I think slows me down a great lot and but yeah, I do, there's, there's some day, it's unfortunately I can't just like work on projects every single day because I have to do a lot of stuff on, I'm doing a lot of stuff on YouTube now and I have some other work that I have to do on the background and lots of things competing for time, which is actually one of the big challenges of doing stuff independently as a one man team, which is mostly what I am. And hoping that can change as the projects get more budgets and like higher budgets and I can work with other people. But right now it's like, What is the most important thing I have to do right now versus what is the thing I'm most excited to do right now? And I keep bouncing between them.
0: Okay, so like you try and give yourself like you do the less fun and less sexy stuff maybe at one moment and then kind of reward yourself uh, with a little more fun stuff that you're excited about.
1: Yeah, I I do the stuff I have to when deadlines are looming and I'm panicking (laughs) (laughs) and I do the stuff that I love otherwise. But...
0: I think yeah. that's pretty standard for a lot of people yeah. and understandable. I'm not going to
1: pretend that I'm disciplined. Um, I am a little bit, not too disciplined. Well,
0: would you say you're driven? seems to me you're driven.
1: I suppose. I don't feel driven and I feel like I procrastinate a lot, but also I, you know, I talk to a lot of people and I realize that almost everyone seems to procrastinate a great deal. So I guess the the matter is like when you're working, how efficient are you, and or how in
0: love with the process yeah, are you? Yeah, that's
1: important. Um, that's the only way I can work on stuff well, actually.
0: So that that to me embodies a little bit of drive. I mean, yeah, we're all struggling and have to get through the drudgery stuff that we don't want to do, the time-consuming, tedious parts.
1: Yeah, which there are a lot of. There's there's a lot of really really awful. Um, I I didn't I I didn't like coding. Yep. Um, I'm starting to enjoy it now but for the most part it's the thing that I least enjoy doing but it's one of the most fundamental aspects of making this kind
0: of content so do you that means is that the part you procrastinate the most on
1: yeah I mean I knew nothing uh, three years ago and now you know I, I can build a full thing and release it on stores and there's a don't underestimate the power of releasing something releasing something is so so hard because the last 10% takes, like, 80% of the work.
0: (laughs) That's true. All right, so what's next for Lucas? So
1: I'm working on a couple of Where Thoughts Go spinoffs that I'm going to announce in the next couple weeks.
0: Those are the ones that are coming, or at least one of them is coming at the end of the year. You think you'll have something...
1: There's a full-blown sequel that I'm working on. And uh, not coming out, but I'll be submitting it to festivals probably this year. So it should be coming out next year. And I'm working on a VR interactive comedy that I'm really excited for. And those are like the two projects that I'm doing right now that I'm focusing most of my time on. But there's a lot of things that are appearing. And there's lots of... It's really hard to do something new once you've done something that has done well at any level because then the whole world starts to, starts to pull you in one direction and be like, hey, can you do more of this thing? And I'm like, but I want to do this stupid comedy. No, 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 but we really want, need you to do this thing. And I'm trying to learn how to navigate that of people trying to make me use my time on old things. When, when you've I want established to work yourself on new- in a
0: certain way. Yeah, I guess. And it's hard for them to imagine doing other things. Kind of like you create your own... Boundaries by accident.
1: Yeah, it's doing something that does well makes people define you by that piece of work. And there's some immediate challenges to say like oh I don't want to be defined by just piece of work I want to do more so I'm trying to learn how to manage my time and making a comedy which is the complete opposite of what where thoughts go is so I don't get myself boxed in early but also to explore my relationship with animals uh, which is I used to be a vegan for four years and now I'm not and Ah. I I feel like that's a huge character flaw of mine and that's one of the main flaws of the characters
0: okay. do you feel guilty about it? Is that it or do you feel oh, yeah. or, do you, or do you feel relieved
1: no I, I feel horribly guilty i I think eating meat is morally unjustifiable. I do it, but I think it's evil and I think I'm weak and it's it's like yeah, I think it's an interesting topic to explore well I
0: do too and so and 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 this is but this is what is leading to this whole concept of animals. Um, having greater intelligence is this kind of the thought behind it? Yeah,
1: you're you, you're putting them on the same level as as humans, so you can look at things in a in, in a particularly different way. And I, I don't want it. Uh, this is not going to be like on the nose. I don't want the story to have any kind of message or no. this is what but you should do. No, I could do. say this or, is
0: your inspiration, or let's say yes, something yes. that's that's in your thought, and you're working out maybe in a different context. Maybe it doesn't have to have a lecture or a sermon, but it could certainly have an you know origin
1: yeah I just want something that raises questions and but doesn't provide answers or clear calls to action or anything I don't (laughs) want this to be (laughs)
0: yeah
1: I don't want this to be like a morality piece if anything I just want to mock all sides of the issue and just get people to think about things um and yeah like you asked about like where do how do these projects usually go at like a, a larger scale um I try to borrow a lot from who I am as a person obviously to be one of the main drivers so this is a conflict that's personal and you know if I feel guilty every day about it I should probably do something around it and it's an idea that has been sitting in my head for a year and now it has matured enough that I can make it then the same was with Breath thoughts go Um, I always struggled to get the sorts of intimate connections that I wanted to in real life so I thought about it for a year and I created something in which everyone interacts on the super intimate level and like my problem is solved I've examined uh- the issue. Well, huh?
0: Tension is a great source of storytelling. I mean, our adds to great storytelling, just having that conflict in there. Yeah. So, so you, you mind it. So very good. Lucas, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us. Anything you want to leave for all the up and coming filmmakers or VR filmmakers in the world? Yeah.
1: Do things that are just on a topic of what I said, do things that are personal to you, borrow from your own conflicts and experiences and borrow it on the things you're not, particularly proud of those are usually the most interesting stories um like and the interesting sources of conflict Um, like think about the most embarrassing moments you've been through those are probably interesting to write about and make stories about more than your successes so yeah this just connecting with the things i've said but you can get where thoughts go on oculus and steam and when is this podcast going to be up it
0: can be up tomorrow if we work on it. And in other future
1: <laughs> platforms that I can't talk about, but are coming out very soon. Um, Where Thoughts Go, it's I recommend you try it. And you can follow me on Twitter, and underscore YouTube, right? Lucas Risotto. And YouTube, yes, Lucas Risotto. Just Google.
0: R-I-Z-Z-O-T-T-O. Yes,
1: exactly. <laughs> you can find me on the social medias. And I do videos now.
0: Thanks so much for talking with us. Of course, Have a great Connix
1: Yes. Bye, everyone.